Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, may we be attentive. May we hear you speak. You have promised, you've ordained the scriptures to be the primary medium through which you speak to us. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our wills, that we might hear. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of John, sixth chapter. And it's a rather remarkable story, frankly, because it starts with Jesus preaching on the hillside over, over the Sea of Galilee. And he's preaching to all these people, some 5,000 people. They only count the men. So 5,000 men, that means women and children in addition. And Jesus is standing on the hillside and hears growling stomachs. And um, so he knows that if they're hungry for food, they're not going to hear the word. And so he tells the disciples, and the disciples complain, well, it's going to cost so much money. There's a Taco Bell in town, but we just don't have what it takes for that. <laughs> so um, one of the disciples says, well, here's some, a little boy has some loaves and fish. And uh, Jesus takes it breaks it, multiplies it, and feeds the entire multitude. Feeds everyone. It's an amazing event, attested by all four Gospels. And then after it's all over, Jesus goes up into the hills to be alone. And the disciples go ahead and just take off without him. They're in the boat, making their way across over to Capernaum. And um, a storm kicks up. And Jesus sees them out on the boat, and he just walks on the water, catches up with them. They get to the other side, and people who had heard about what had happened there at the feeding of the 5,000 showed up there, and they realized that everyone was gone, so they went over to Capernaum to try to catch up with Jesus because they wanted some of that bread. Not only did they want that bread, all those people who were there wanted more bread. They wanted Jesus to be the one who continued to give them bread, and they called up the memory of Moses, because Moses in the wilderness gave all those people bread. Jesus, why don't you give us all bread? And then Jesus said something that shocked them. He said, I'm the bread. And if you want to live, you have to consume me. And he literally says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, at that, people thought he was, probably thought he was nuts. And many started to desert him. 
This is after the feeding of the 5,000. This is after his walking on water. As if that wasn't enough because they didn't get what they wanted from him, well, they're done. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. Many of disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So they said to him, to them, does this offend you? then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you don't believe me. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. And Jesus turned to the 12, said, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one of you is, is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. So the people want bread. They look at Jesus as a bread giver, as one who will supply their needs. And after the bread, then what? Maybe it's wine. Maybe it's education. You know, he heals people. Maybe he can be a one-man walking healthcare system. Maybe he wants, maybe they now want him to just set up shop and provide everything that they want. And then they would be relieved of that onerous responsibility. Let's face it, it's hard to work and provide and go through all of life and do everything that has to be done to provide for oneself and one's family. So here's Jesus, and they want him to do it for them. And Jesus says no. He says, 
You're here because you want the bread. You're here not because you understand what's going on. You just want, you just want bread. You just want stuff. And Jesus says no. He said yes the day before when they were hungry. But here he says no. Why? Everything he does is going to reaffirm the work of God. Everything he does is going to reaffirm the work of God in each human life. If he took over that responsibility, he would thereby deny them their agency, their personal responsibility. To take their responsibility away is to take their freedom away, is to deny them of the, the imago Dei, the image of God within them. And, and there would, they would thereby hand over their dignity by relying on someone else for their life and for their provision. And Jesus says no. And he reminds them that what really matters is that in this life that we, we have been given stewardship, not just of our lives, but of the world. We are responsible. We are agents of God. And Jesus will not deny us that agency. What it means to be human. Once again, I've been reading G.K. Chesterton. And um, I don't necessarily recommend him because he's so hard to understand. But once you do, he's so good. He's so good. But he reminds us that in relying upon someone else for our stuff, we, we end up, if we trust the experts and let them do the deciding for us, if we let those who think that they know better than we do and let them make all the decisions on our behalf, we ultimately erode democracy and we end up giving rise to an oligarchy or, or even worse, a despotism. We give too much trust to the experts and we end up we end up giving experts too much authority. If not, and of course in our time we're, we're dealing with this pandemic, and the phrase that we're given is follow the science. And we follow Jesus. We listen to the science. We hear the science. We listen to what they have to say. And, and then we, as free human agents, must make decisions for ourselves. We don't give over responsibility of our lives to someone else. If it's science today, if we follow the science today, then are we going to 
empower a small group to make other decisions on our behalf and continue to allow our freedoms to be eroded? Now we listen to them, we hear them, and, and we make decisions based on what it means to be free human agents. I believe that is under, undergirding Jesus' denial of giving them bread. They wanted it, but Jesus said, no. No, you give up too much. If I give you the bread, you give up way too much. You give up your dignity, you give up your freedom, you give up a sense of responsibility, you give up way too much. And so he says, tell you what, I'll give you myself. I'm not the bread giver. I'm the bread. You come to me with all your questions. You want me to be the answer man? Well, I've, I'm not the answer man. I'm not here to answer all your questions. I'm here to enable you to struggle with life and to ask the hard questions and do what you must as those who've been created in the image and likeness of the Father. So he says, no. I give you myself. And in giving you myself, I give you real life. Apparently they forgot that in the desert, they were there for 40 years or give or take. The people of God as they came out of Egypt they were there not too long, and they started complaining. Manna is getting old. Now, my wife is a great cook. She does everything possible. She puts in cilantro, and she mixes in this and that, but it's still manna, and it's lousy. They start complaining. They want to go back to Egypt. There's actually revolt that breaks out. And, and they... They never have enough. It's never good enough. God says, no. I'm sending you to a land of promise. And the people of God simply forget that they're heading to a land of promise. The people of God, in Jesus addressing them, forget that he is preparing for them a land of promise. And that means that we as children of God who have been endowed by our creator with, with freedoms, with those freedoms come responsibility. With that responsibility comes sweat, work. We don't like it. So Jesus says, if you want life, consume me. And the people don't like it. And Jesus says, well, does, does this offend you? <laughs> Is this word scandalous to you? Is this just so hard? Is it really so hard? We may not understand what he's talking about, but is it, is it really so hard? And the answer that, to that was, yes, it was too hard. People started to leave. 
They deserted him. And, and then he turns to the disciples and says, are, are you guys going to leave me too? And Peter speaks, well, speaks up and says, no, you're, you're the, the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of God. But they went through a time where faith faded. Their faith drained away because they didn't understand and they didn't get what they want. And so their faith faded. And not to minimize what they are going through. How many times in our own lives have we wanted something desperately, not even for ourselves, but for a loved one? And we don't understand when our prayers are answered in the negative, when a loved one is lost to us. And we, we want that loved one. And it seems so paltry to say, you get Jesus instead. He or she gets Jesus instead. It's hard. And yes, we'd all like to have the answers to this. But we live this life. Life is lived in a why would God world? Why would God do this? And we don't have the answers. But what we have is this great affirmation of of Jesus, I am the bread. I'm the bread. What that means, we don't know. But we live by faith and we follow, we follow him. We follow Jesus. And then we try to do the best that we can to understand. So the faith of disciples was teetering. It's on the edge. And this is after these phenomenal miracles that they were witnesses to. Remember when I was a, a sophomore, a junior at UC Santa Barbara, one of the kids on the hallway was really smart, even though we thought he was kind of a dumb kid. He, 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 went, he went to Harvard on a full ride for something, I forget what, but... Uh, but he came in, and I, they knew I was a Christian. They knew I was probably going to go into the ministry at that point. And this kid came in, and he said, all right, Kurt, if God is real, why not just have him float a basketball through the room right now? <laughs> and, and I said, that would be no big deal. I said, Chuck, how long would you, how long would you believe if that happened? How long would it take until that became simply a, a silly little incident that, that, uh, that just came and went? I said, we were watching the other day. We saw, we saw David Copperfield go over Niagara Falls in a, in a barrel and then show up in a helicopter just a few moments later. Amazing. But that didn't make us think about God. That just made us think about David Copperfield. And so these great moments, these great events, the healings, the walking on water, the feeding of the 5,000, that doesn't do it for us. Even though we get these phenomenal signs, it doesn't give us faith. What gives us faith is Christ himself. 
Christ himself, that we be in a personal relationship with him, that we consume as much of Christ as we possibly can. So Thomas, the doubter, story of Thomas at the, the Last Supper, he, he wasn't, or not the Last Supper, but after the resurrection, he wasn't there the first time, and then he came the second time, and he said, unless I put my hand in his side where the spear went in and put my fingers in the holes in his wrists, I'm not going to believe. Thomas went on to take the gospel to India, and he was run through by a, with a spear because he was considered a threat to the, the Hindu faith in that place. Andrew ended up being crucified in the shape of what is now called the St. Andrew's cross. It is a, an X-shaped cross. He was crucified in that manner. Peter, who denied Jesus, completely lost his faith. He was on trial by a little girl in a garden who said to, to Peter, I saw you with him. And he said, I don't know the man. Peter, who had lost his faith then, went on and was crucified upside down by the Romans. Paul, who met Christ on the road to Damascus and had his life completely, utterly transformed, was beheaded by Nero. All of the 12 disciples, save John, the author of this gospel, and the author of the epistles and of Revelation, they all died martyrs' deaths. John died early in the, in the second century. And as an old man, and I've shared this before, as an old man was brought into the fellowship gatherings of the church, and they would carry him in on a pallet, and he would look one way and then the other and simply say, love one another, love one another, love one another. The church has a Lord. Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our ultimate authority. It doesn't mean that we don't listen to other voices. Take it in and balance and assess and then make decisions that constitute the best of our capability as God's children for others as well as for ourselves. We listen, we hear, we listen to the science, we listen to politics, we listen to education, we listen to military, we listen to all of these things. But I played that little video this morning because a young pastor, probably 40 years old, in a church up in Alberta, Canada, a year ago, went to jail, left little kids at home, went to jail 
because Christ is Lord. And the state does not have the authority to close the church because Christ and Christ alone is Lord. I could go on. But in all, in all ways, when we take in Christ, it makes more and more sense what it means to consume him and to be one with him and to be transformed by his love and his power at work within us. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we don't always like it, but thank you that you, you say no to us. Thank you that you exercise your lordship through weakness, through self-giving, through self-sacrifice, and that you likewise set that as an example for us, that we might be a loving, transforming body in a world that is longing to know who you are. Lord, we seek your blessing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.